Right How about now? Can you? Yeah. Better. Can Can you hear me now? Yeah. Good. That guy, he should be hung for treason. Yeah, that's that was pretty hardcore. <laughs> I was gangster. I was like, what? He's doing that freaking. <laughs> that guy? <laughs> that, that is the biggest betrayal in history. <laughs> I would not hire somebody with with um, with characteristics like that. It's, it's like, that how big, could you do that? That was, a, that was like probably one of the biggest middle fingers I've ever seen. And I don't think think it worked out quite good for them too as a PR campaign. Yeah, you know? I yeah. think a lot of people felt the same way way that we did. <laughs> like I wonder how that went down. Like, you know, the who is it? Who the he went to So he was originally Verizon with Verizon and then Sprint. Yeah. It's like what do we do? I mean, he's not working right now. <laughs> like let's get this dude. <laughs> Yeah, but like it's one like, thing if you cross industries. Yeah. But he was, was like in the same industry yeah. and just did, did well did him dirty. Yeah, right? man. That's that, like if Flo from Progressive went yeah, to a different like farmers or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If she went to all Dude, she's making bank. Yeah. yeah. She's I heard that she's killing. almost a billionaire. Yeah. She's wow. killing because like she has so many commercials and every time it's played It's a residual. Yeah. Wow, man, she's she yeah she's she, that's what I hear. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't know. I'm not in that industry, so I don't know. But that's what I've heard is that she's killing it. So, would you rather be a commercial actor and get paid off your residuals, or would you rather be a movie star? <sighs> I don't know. So, one thing I don't like about being a movie star is all the. Uh, like attention outside of of the movies that you get, like you know, you can't live a normal life. Yeah. Keep in mind, Mike is also more low key. He yeah. cho- he chose invisibility <laughs> over flying. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, yeah, exactly. That's like I I wouldn't want to go out and have someone follow me around like twenty four seven. Yeah, um, you know, it's like it's tough. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't like that lifestyle. And it's weird. Know. It could get real weird. Yeah, yeah. You can meet some freaks out there. And then everyone's trying to read into everything you're doing. You're under just yeah. just this constant scrutiny. Yeah. Mm. I'd be a movie star. <laughs> 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 Why? So I can finally get the gig of running, rubbing baby oil on <laughs> The Rock's arm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think, I mean, I don't know. Like, for all of what we just talked about in terms of, like, the negative parts of being a movie star i just think it'd be cool man i think like i view that as another like art form Mm. on on screen yeah and i think to be able to like see yourself execute you know like things like that i don't know i think it's it's pretty cool it's like youtube on a much greater scale yeah that's Mm. how i see it Mm. i don't know what i would do i think i'd probably be a movie star um, because, because I have a tremendous, because I have a tremendous ego and lots of insecurities that need to be validated by, by outside people who don't actually matter. But you know, like for, for me, how I kind of think about it is like, you know, when you're a kid mm-hmm. and you just like your imagination goes wild mm-hmm. and you can be like fighting an invisible, whatever you just make up whatever and in your mind it seems so real but and but to be able to do that as an adult see it on screen i don't know that's just what i think of it's like being a little kid all over again isn't it funny how how you can do that as a kid 
like you know like fight an invisible something Not and everyone judge you you know and yeah like and everyone thinks it's cute but if you start <laughs> to do that as an adult <laughs> well people are like oh my god he's a crackhead something's wrong with you yeah yeah mm. so I, that would be my i don't know eh, be pretty cool i suppose hmm yeah well, I want to extend our icebreaker a little bit further. And by the way, everyone, um, you are tuned into episode 12 of the JadaCast podcast. I am Jordan. I'm Daryl. I'm Mike. And um, before we actually get, get into our first order of business, I want to break the ice with something else. So the other day, I, so I went to a restaurant um, by the name of Lucille's, well, barbecue. Mm-hmm. Bomb ass place, you know. Um, and I order takeout. So every time I go and do takeout, I kind of see it as as like you know, if you were to go to to like you know a fast food joint, which you pay and then you leave. Peace out. So as they're showing you all of their food, the person who is showing me the person who is showing me everything am I ordered? He's really nice. His mood is good. He he's very enthralled, and then he prints out my actual um, paper to sign, and they always have like you know that tip portion, and every time I get takeout, I don't tip, and I noticed that that as I hand it back to him and there's no tip on it, his mood just completely changes. <laughs> his shoulders slouch. He looks at me like a, he's like have a nice night, and and like that kind of pissed me off a little bit, and mm. I'm like. Am I the only person who doesn't tip after takeout? I don't. It makes no sense, right? I don't usually go to larger restaurants for takeout. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> would, would you? I mean, it doesn't make sense. See, the thing is, is, is our culture is kind of based on, or that part of our culture is based with on uh, tipping. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as opposed to, say, Japan, that you don't tip for anything over there. Uh, there's a little bit of a change though going on here in this country. Like, there's a couple of stores or restaurants uh, that I've been to where they encourage no tipping. They don't want it. They don't accept tips because what they do is they'd rather pay their employees more money. Oh. Damn it, Brian! <laughs> 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 they'd rather play, pay their employees more money than have them work harder, less money, and work harder for a tip. Mm-hmm. So they'd rather have, you know, from the very beginning, they just get more money. You know what my problem with it is the entitlement. Yeah. 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 Right. Like I have a problem with entitlement just in general with like today's generation or or society. And so when you think that like it's, it's, you know, because the job and you did your job that you should be getting extra, you know, like if you... My whole thing is if I see that you're going out of your way and your service is, is really good, it's hard to judge that off takeout, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I can see what you're coming from. It's like when you're sitting down at the restaurant, you're getting served as a service. You're you're getting your drinks refilled. You're getting yeah. plates taken away for, for you. You're, you know, um, if something goes wrong or, or like you spill something, they're there to clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Asking before, if you want to refill on water. Yeah. yeah. Like, More than once an hour. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, how long are you staying at a restaurant? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, some of our conversations get really deep. Yeah, and especially can, if it's at Korean barbecue. Dude, last night, man, I was at a at BJ's, yeah. watching a game, and we were there for the whole game, this Dodger game last night. Oh, and I mean, then it yeah, went. And, it, did it, they it, win? Yeah, yeah, they won, and they Sweet. went to thirteen innings, and it was it took for 
forever. Damn. Yeah, but yeah, the guy was there like every 30 minutes at least asking if we want more drinks. Okay, so, See, then so I, would, I get that. I'm cool with yeah. that. See, here's the thing. It, I like to think that I'm a great tipper. I, I tip a good amount. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like, you know, you're going out of your way for me, like even just a little bit, mm-hmm. I'm going to leave you a pretty good tip. Yeah. But like I said, call me crazy. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your job. It really is. <laughs> so. and, and to be honest, I think that, that the person who I should be leaving a tip to is probably a chef or the cook. I mean, he's yeah, a real MVP also, yeah, in yeah. the situation, but it doesn't work like that. He doesn't yeah, get nothing. Still, so, but like some of these guys who are working, um, maybe they're ex- like trying to work harder for that tip, right? Rather than getting paid to do a good job, yeah. they're paid a minimum wage, and they're expecting to get more money. So that's why they do a good job. Yeah, uh, you know. So I, I, it, I kind of can see both sides mm-hmm. to it. You know, he's he's busting his ass and trying to be extra fake. You know, that's basically what it is. Like, not everyone is, yeah. is naturally super nice, of course. And not. especially since he switched it off as soon as he saw you didn't have a tip there. You know, like, that it was just a facade. It's, it's takeout. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the other thing for me. I think okay, even though I'm like very unlikely to leave a tip for a takeout, I it's all in, about your approach. With me, at the very least, mm-hmm, I feel mm-hmm. like if I walked in and you greeted me with like a very nice, like warm welcome and you asked me like in just in conversation of like, hey, I'm here to pick up my to go order for Daryl. Right. And then small conversations like, oh, how's your day going or, you know, things like that. And I felt that it was pretty genuine. Dude, I'm not that e- I'm pretty easy to win over. Like at that point, I might actually yeah. legitimately think about like hmm. leaving you something. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, you seem to be a little bit more like I'm very pressed, but well, like I'm very fair. Um, I think think I tip very well, especially at at well, like for servers at a restaurant. Um, but it's just like you know, okay, if I get takeout, it's the exact same same thing as me going to to Carl's Jr. or something, you know, but like, I don't tip that guy. I guess where I'm coming from is like, if the person was asking me like, how, how my day is going and passing and, yeah. and, and then like kind of showing like what you order, make sure it's right. If there's anything else that I can get you like the utensils or what, or, or like you all want a cup of water or something like mm. <laughs> then at that point I'd be like, damn, yeah. I'm gonna leave you a tip. I feel you. Yeah. Mm. Going above and beyond. Yeah. But you're expected because not only are you doing your job, but now you're just showing, you're putting forth more of an extra effort. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As opposed to like, Hey, uh, here to pick up an order for Daryl. Okay. Your total is going to be so-and-so have a nice night. Okay. I'm not going to leave you a tip. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Just my two cents. I think a place as to where I leave a tip and I really don't, see why I'm leaving a tip, but I do because I go there so often is if I go to like Korean barbecue restaurants because I'm cooking my own damn food. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. doing all of the work and I'm just paying you to put something in I'm on an iPad and bring me the food. But I still leave a great tip and well, Korean barbecue is pretty damn expensive. So, yeah. you know, I leave a good tip every time I go, but in my head, I'm like, why am I paying paying extra for this? Oh, it just comes down to You're the paying service. extra to uh, smell like meat on your way out. That too, <laughs> meat sweats. Yeah, I looked oh. it up. Yeah, see, so I told I you it was a thing. So, 
So it's not. So it is a real thing, but but it's not just because of meat. They say that that because to break down that much much protein, um, your body's thermogenesis is you know it's very high. You know, and so that's why why you start to sweat more if you eat meat. All right. Well, you know, I wasn't meat. getting that scientifically. I'm just telling you it was a thing. <laughs> I believed it was a thing. It was just weird to me. I was like, Whoop, meat sweats? I've never had that before in my life. A little backstory. When I first met Jordan, I told him about we were having like a, or when Jordan first started here. Tacos. Think, yeah, we were having tacos. We were having a celebration in our, our warehouse with, you know, the the entire company. And I had one too many carne asada tacos and we were just standing there. It was a little warm in the warehouse and I said, Dude, I'm getting some meat sweats. <laughs> he had never heard of that term. You're sweating meat? <laughs> and as he said that, I'm wiping sweat off my forehead. But I'm like, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, yeah. I, wasn't, I wasn't there for that day. You weren't? You, you sent a picture of Doritos off oh, your yeah. balcony. Yeah. You were somewhere. You emailed yeah. a picture. Where was I? I don't remember. I know I was gone somewhere. Do you remember? Hawaii or something? Or I, Doritos on my balcony? No, no. It was cloudy in the picture too. It was cloudy in the picture. No. Yeah, I was on my, I was on a balcony with Doritos. Oh, you're in Japan. Was I was Japan? It Japan? Mm. Yeah. Was it that long ago? Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. I, oh, I thought it was. I'm gonna just go like back a- and look for that email. <laughs> I think you're you're like on the way to the airport or coming back from the airport or something. Oh. Or, or something. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> was it was it single de Mayo or something? I don't even remember, to be honest. I forget. Anyways, yeah. Oh, all I know that knows that it was chips. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. While well, you guys are enjoying tacos, asada, I'm having chips. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. Well, um, I, so so I guess I'm not an asshole for not leaving leaving um, a tip for takeout. So all right. No. So we got that squared away. Yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I think it's all fair. Yeah. I mean, it, tip is always optional. Mm-hmm. It's it's not mandatory. That's what I'm saying, though. The entitlement of it, yeah. like, ugh. yeah, you know, that's what did you do? Like, yeah, you did you go it. above and beyond for me to, or do, are you just expecting because part of culture or you know, mm-hmm. in, in today in today's uh, societies, like, it's it's. it's expected like i don't know i'm just a believer in like if you put in the work then you get rewarded yeah sometimes times if the service is bad i leave a tip anyway just because i know i'll be coming back and i don't want them to spit in my food or put other bodily fluids in my food so you know so i'll leave a tip it won't be be a be a high one it'll be like very standard but i'm like uh, I come here all the time. Well, this person sucked today, but who knows who I'll get next time. But I'm pretty sure that, like they have they have like a list of faces up there of like bad tipper, bad tipper spitting this guy's food. You know? <laughs> I don't want that to happen to me. Yeah. Mm. Do you do you tip the driver when you park at the airport and the shuttle guy that takes uh, that takes you from the parking spot to the airport? I can't say say anything to that because I haven't flown in a decade. So I don't. You don't? Do you? I do. Oh. I don't know why. I mean, I feel obligated. I mean, it's a bug. It's not like I'm breaking the bank or anything. But it's, Yeah, I just, I don't know. Again, it's your job. Yeah. 
Yeah, but you know something I tip, I tip really generously on, and I hate doing it because because it just burns a big hole in my pocket, to me at least. And but but I can't stop doing it. Strippers. (laughs) (laughs) I just can't can't stop. <laughs> nah, sorry. For all of you out there, yeah, I do not I partake know. in We might have to take that part out. <laughs> uh, nah, it's funny. It, it's funny. <laughs> no, but um, for haircuts. I knew it. Dude. I was going to say, can I guess? But, yeah. And I knew you were going to say haircut. Dude, dude, I pay. I'm going to feel stupid for saying this too, but I pay 40 bucks every time I get a haircut. Wow. So, so, so my haircut is about 10 bucks. And then, and then for my beard, it's mm-hmm. another ten bucks. And so, and so, the guy who cuts my hair, I used to give him 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 like a ten dollar tip each time. Mm-hmm. However, back then his prices it was only maybe um, twenty bucks back then. And so I got accustomed to giving him him that much. Mm-hmm. But as his prices rose, I still gave him. Ten dollar tips, yeah. and like you can't give somebody a lower tip than yeah. which used to give yeah. them because they'll be like, "Uh, what the hell?" Yeah. <laughs> so it's like oh, I'm kind of locked in <laughs> on this one, and yeah, it, man, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's necessary. Yeah. It must be nice to be you, Mike. Yeah, I know. I cut my own hair. Give myself my own tips. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, <laughs> by the first order of business. Mm. So, what do we got here, Mike? Um, on the table for 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 all of you who aren't watching the Jada's Cast podcast, you guys are missing out because because um, we got some pretty cool products on our table today. Um, could could you take us through it today, Mike? Yeah, yeah. So uh, this is a mix between uh, our figure line. And our vehicle line, um, <clears throat> and it's uh, based on the DC bombshells. DC, if you don't know, DC bombshells are the heroes of the DC comic world, but in a fifties uh, style, like like pinup girl style. And these were 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 actual comic books published back in the day that went I, I don't the think name. they're that old actually they, I think that these came out I'm not sure how long ago but yeah within the last five years yeah, the last last five years? Years, yeah yes, it, it was an artist who kind of reimagined all the superheroes in this nostalgic era mm-hmm. and uh, came up with these characters and their looks and I think they did make comic books on them I don't know if it was originally a comic book or just art it was a run of, of just comics yeah. so it was okay so it was a run of comics and uh, you know, and some companies have made dolls and fig like taller, bigger figures. We're we're doing our metals metal figs uh, execution, yes. but we're pairing them up with a car that we think matches that style for each character. So we have uh, Wonder Woman, none other than Wonder Woman. Yeah, we got Wonder Woman with the 1952 COE. Uh, so mm-hmm. we we pick the cars that we think best represents the character. Uh, that that was already created by the artist, whoever came up with this whole idea. I forget her name, uh, but anyways, we'll we'll probably put that up on. Damn it, Brian! <laughs> Why don't you know this? <laughs> we also got uh, Harley. Uh, she is in her like little bomber outfit. So 
we did a a, a Merc with a um, a fifty one Mercury coupe with a kind of like a a a bomber jet uh, graphic. You know, it has like the little bombs on the side, how many hits, and I don't. Know, I think it looks really cool. Uh, the entire line looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. does. It really it, does. It, it, it's, it's it's pretty awesome. And I'll be posting video clips of this within our podcast onto YouTube so that everybody is able to see a better view of them. Yeah, and what's cool about them is that they're not just sticker slapped vehicles. You know, it's not like we just got their logos and just started putting them all over the place and trying to make these cars look like character cars. No, we, we kind of figured what would these characters drive if they were to fix up a car and put it in a car show, something that you'd see. It, 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 this is not really a Toyetic type line. This is a collector line. This is also a more realistic kind. I mean, if I were to see any of these vehicles at a car show, I mean, I'd be like, whoa, these are pretty cool. Especially if like the car- the the um, the owner was was you know poison ivy, hmm. you know, and, and, yeah. and how much it represents her. It would be dope. If for Comic Con, if we were like able to make all of these cars and then have and then have cosplayers dressed up exactly like that, that would be awesome. That would, yeah. I mean, I would love to do that. That would be be one big booth. Yeah, yeah. That would be. I mean, I'll be happy just doing the uh, the Mercury though. I think that's my favorite one. Okay, so we got so Wonder Woman there. Yep. Harley Quinn and the Mercury there, and then uh, who else do we have? We got Catwoman with a Cadillac. We have Batgirl with um, a, a Corvette, Poison Ivy with a Bel Air, and a Supergirl. She has a, a stepside pickup. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, these are pretty sick. And so, but you had mentioned that that you guys tried tried to imagine a car that that each heroine would probably drive and so what went on behind the scenes for you guys guys to analyze that type of choice well first we had to make sure that it was era specific because uh you know these characters are based in what the the, the late 40s early 50s 50 around there that time frame and uh we had to make sure that those cars were in within those years mm-hmm. um and then we looked at the characteristics of the character right so we have like like Catwoman. Um, you know, she has, she's, uh, more elegant, kind of like, uh, Audrey Hepburn. So we wanted more of an elegant style car with like little bits and pieces that kind of resembled who she was. Um, it, you know, we couldn't put her in a sports car really because it, we don't see those that, that the, the Cadillac was perfect cause it's an elegant looking car. It's elegant and it's also kind of a subtle thing too. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you know, and like her character, she is a burglar yeah. essentially, you know, exactly. so she can't be all flashy mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So sort of you know, under the radar in a way. Yeah. So yeah, those are the kind of things that we considered, um, with the wonder woman and the COE that we, we did, uh, you know, some of the lines that were, were perfect for like the badge on the front of the hood, uh, was perfect for the wonder woman logo. And we have pinstriping that goes all down the sides that, mm-hmm. that just stick with the style of the arrow. Plus we can incorporate the logos from the character. Yeah. Hmm. And you'll see that kind of stuff throughout the whole line. All kind of all those little details. And what is your favorite one? If, My favorite one is probably Harley. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Harley looks awesome. It's very uh, World War II inspired. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Hmm. So, so, um, so for the DC bombshell line, um, you know, this is is our first 
run or wave at it. Do we plan on maybe doing some more with no characters in specific yet? But but do we plan on doing this a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as these the you know the popularity of these things keep going, I because mean, this will be in the Hollywood rides line, mm -hmm. um, and that our Hollywood rides line is doing really well, and you know we we are continually feeding it. Uh, we have these. We have you know already the the Marvel uh, inspired vehicles out as well. Um, and there's a lot more coming down the pipeline. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, the bombshells, I think, were the, one of the more fun uh, lines that we did because it's just cool. I mean, you know, and also the era of cars. There's not a lot of this style car that we have on the market. It's, it's right now it's all muscle car, uh, JDM and trucks. Yeah. Um, and some of the trucks here are also in the just trucks line. But, you know, we don't have a lot of hot rods anymore right now. Yeah. And this is allows us to bring out more hot rod. Uh, vehicles to the to the market it's another way to differentiate also i think across to mike's point like all of our different product offerings um and, and to kind of allow for um a little bit of creativity when it comes to planning you know like what this what this entire line is gonna is gonna look like and when we're talking about um inspired by vehicles um it is doing really well and you know a few podcasts ago we mentioned that our sales team analyzes you know week over week day by day uh you know the sales of, of how things are doing in terms of tracking um a lot of the inspired by vehicles are doing doing pretty well and we've had a few discussions with some of our partners about the possibility of expanding uh into different uh or adding more properties mm -hmm. to to the line so for sure mm. it's definitely something to hopefully continue to expand and so what was was the sort of aha moment when like we started to realize you know you know we could blend our figure side with the vehicle side but then try to make you know a unique spin on that but when did did that come to fruition well actually we've done this for a long time uh, we didn't make full lines out of it but we in the past we have done figures with vehicles um and uh way back i don't know if very many people know this but i don't know i don't know if you wanted to make this like kind of a trivia thing but oh there is oh another okay. <laughs> there, there, another there easter is, egg <laughs> there there way back i mean i'm talking almost 20 years ago maybe even 20 years ago uh we had a a uh, a vehicle i want to say it's our probably our first entertainment license that came with a car a 24 scale car and a figure and um it's this one's hard yeah i i, I remember seeing i'm trying to think <laughs> it, it, uh yeah it's it this one's really really hard whoever out there is able to figure this one out i'll send you a good amount of swag of uh you know of jaded toys products and stuff like that but um to tell you the truth, I probably, I highly doubt very many people will have an image or this product in hand. Um, unless you're a hardcore, hardcore Jada collector. Oh, we're is, looking for the OGs. These, this is, this is, I'm telling you, this is way, way back. This is like, this is before um, the Jada, the, the, okay, there's a couple Jada toy logos that we have, we've gone through. This one, you know, we use, we have this oval kind of thing. Uh, logo right and that evolved from our rainbow logo that had that had this oval around it but before that there was a circle logo that we had with this more playful jada 
uh, typeface. And man, it, it's that's that's the logo that was on this product. So it, it's this oh, one's damn. way, way, way back. This is the you said first entertainment. It's I, license. I, yeah, it is the first entertainment license. You're gonna have to tell me off air what this is. Yeah. <laughs> now it's bugging me because well, I don't you, know. If, if you know a little bit about the stuff that we've been working on for next year, for our. Uh, I think, okay, I think I have an idea. Yeah. I think, so I, have, I, think I, I have an idea. Zero. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, it's this is a tough one. I mean, this is a, for the hardcores. I mean, I was trying to find a reference of it online. Um, and I think I know. Okay, I think I know. I think I know. <laughs> and I couldn't find one. Okay. And I just know, I remember seeing one sample here in the office somewhere and I can't find it anymore. Okay. Oh. And this was probably years, years ago. All right, so. I'm just going to confirm with you off air. Yeah. <laughs> You know, whoever wins, I'm pretty sure I'll be sending some samples to what's his name. I'm um, to Andy <laughs> yeah. Goodman because he's well, probably the only one who has it. Probably, yeah. yeah. yeah I mean, that may be one of the ones he he's he's. If anyone were to have it, it's him wow. for sure. So that was the, way way back. We never we didn't call it Hollywood Rides. It was just an entertainment license that we did. We included a figure with a car. And fast forward to maybe what uh, eight years ago, uh, we did that with Halo. We had our vehicles with a little tiny action figure. And those uh, yeah, those are really cool because they were articulated like two inch action figures. They weren't die cast, but they were action figures mm -hmm. that you can put on the, you know, on those, on the little cars. They worked with our uh, uh, 24 scale die cast. Um, yeah, they were really cool. Yeah. Actually, no, they were for 64, right? Size. We made, the figures? Yeah. Yeah, they were for 64. Yeah, so they were smaller. And yeah, they were really cool. So I I, I I, I, love that line. I think that line was really cool. And that kind of was the stepping stone for us to get into more action figures with our Master Toy license with the uh, the Robocop movie. And from there, they, you know, people started to look at us and consider us a, a major, not a major player, but a, a competent company that can do action figures right. Right. And then from there, we started evolving and doing different things. And, and we wanted to stay with our, <clears throat> you know, what, what we do best, which is die cast. And we just combined the figure part with the die cast and started our, our Hollywood rights line. I think the overall perception, too, it, throughout the years is like, well, Jada always started as a die cast, uh, heavy, collector driven vehicle company. Right. I suppose like would would that be how you would classify mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. when how we started. But now I think over the years of evolution, we Jada is considered a legit toy company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Not just die cast, although it's still our core competency and, and the bulk of, of what we do. We've actually segmented off pretty nicely in different categories throughout throughout the years. What's um, funny is uh, when I read like articles on like metal figs and, and back before it was metal figs when it was just metals die cast, uh, people would say, uh, so this this new company or this company that that does figures and apparently they do vehicles as well. Yeah, this is the whole figure like side. Nobody really knows Jada at all until we started doing these figures, and they yeah. think they thought of us as a, a figure company yeah. first, vehicles second. Right, and that was that was pretty funny because they didn't know the history of what Jada, what we were up to. Yeah, it's funny how that works out, right? Yeah, yeah, no, it's a trip <laughs> because, like. You know, you're reading this and like, wow, really? They 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 really don't know who Jade is, and it, it you realize that this world is big. You know, as we think that you know, because we play 
mostly in this vehicle and and you know car culture bubble we don't really see what's outside of that and once we started doing the figure stuff like yeah like, there's a lot of people out there that still don't know who jada is and because we started doing these figures and because we started venturing out into doing other things like like dolls and preschool rc and all these other categories now we're becoming a household name as a legit toy company yeah. right so what other types of categories have we started to get into that have well that have wielded some pretty good results for us uh i mean it's not anything i think like new category wise as of recent more than it is i think this has taken years to establish ourselves in um like if you're talking about a new category for instance um die cast and radio control is not something that we ever had to you know further cement because we've always been players in it um but i think one good example is uh preschool Mm-hmm. You know, that probably started for us maybe like several years ago um, when we first partnered with Sanrio and, and doing Hello Kitty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when we started doing the Hello Kitty RC and we started doing, you know, like play sets and, and things like that, obviously geared more towards little girls and uh, preschool. That's kind of where we put got our foot in the door. And the same thing that kind of happened with like action figures happened with, uh, you know, the the preschool category in which we started to grow that portfolio by now partnering with Disney and you, you got like Mickey and Minnie, right? With our basic uh, RCs and things like that. And over the course of, you know, the last couple of years, continuing to evolve that portfolio to get it to where it is now. It is um, a tough road, man, because yeah, like all along the way, um, whenever we're trying to get licenses that were non-vehicle, they're like, why do you guys want our license? You're, you're a vehicle company. You know, mm-hmm. we had this, this stigma attached to us that we're strictly vehicles. Then once we finally got a license, they're like, why are you trying to sell me action figures? You're a vehicle company. You know, when we go to the retailers. Yeah. So every step of the way we were getting fought on, you know, why, what we're doing, what are we doing? Why are we doing this? And now that you know a few companies have given us the chance to to show them what we can do, um, and then a few retailers allowed us to bring the product in because they saw the quality that we are able to achieve. Um, now we're being looked at totally different. Now it's not Jada Toys, the the vehicle company. They're, we're Jada Toys, the toy company. Yeah. And from from your guys's firsthand experience, how would you attribute it to to us being able to win them over? Quality and innovation. Quality and innovation. And also, I think when we talk about being good partners, like we are legitimate good partners. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we've had this discussion in the past before on previous podcasts where whether that means servicing the relationship and anything that they need when you're talking about a particular retailer or working with a licensing partner on executing to the best of our ability, you know, the product to do the property justice and how can we take it one step further and go beyond expectation uh you know at jada we always pride ourselves like we just talked about the quality and craftsmanship of every single product mike and his team kills it and everything that they do june and the figural the pd side of it kill it and everything that they do um uh, let me give you an example of of like when we do something the quality and the uh the execution is is like worked for us to help um, we made, you know, the, I think our first partner with the metals 
diecast line was Warner Brothers and and the uh, Batman versus Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had these metals diecast figures, right? We brought them over to all the retailers and 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 like all these different places, and they showed it to them. Oh, we got diecast figures. Now, typically, diecast figures on the market doesn't mean that they're diecast figures. They may have like a diecast part, mm. and they can call it diecast because there's a diecast piece in there. And but you're allowed to yeah. do that. I, I don't know what the legality of it is, but yeah, I mean, Seems they, a little, yeah, a that's what the you know that was the trend. Um, but when we brought these figures over to the retailers and said these are diecast figures, and they're like, oh, you know, they look plastic. They don't, you can't tell. As soon as we put it in their hand, they're like, whoa, mm. you know, you feel the weight. You should look at the the paint, the paint, and and how we executed the uh, the deco, and it, you know, they the quality that you feel. I mean, the cold touch of diecast. There's nothing. There's something about that 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 makes it feel more quality than a plastic piece. Same with the weight. And when they see that, they're like, wow, maybe we should try to give these guys a chance. And plus, like we talked about in in past podcasts, our our price structure is really affordable because we want you know the regular person to be able to afford these things and be able to collect these things and and that plus our our uh, our quality it's like shock and awe when you when we show it to them for the first time right and it, that's what kind of brought us in got us here hmm. and when it comes to being a good partner i'm obviously a lot of the relationship has to be cultivated you do have to go above and beyond is it ever kind of an intimidating thing as to where, but, but you guys knew that you went above and beyond, but now you'll have to do it again later on, and but you're thinking about, you know, like how am I supposed to crank out more of what I just did? I just gave this project 110%. I don't know if I'm able to, like, you know, to rise up and do something even better than before, but somehow... Mm-hmm you end up doing something better and better each time. But but how but from a mental standpoint, how do you prepare for that? Um I think I I don't really look at it that way. Um yeah. just because I feel like we take one hundred percent pride and have one hundred percent confidence in, in everything that we do. Um but what's very helpful, I think, is when you partner with like a particular retailer or or a particular licensing partner, they will typically give you feedback. Mm. They will get, typically give you a direction to go down towards. And it's up to us at that point to further explore, to expand um, on the concept or idea and present it back to them and kind of you know, is, is this like roughly what you mean or along the, along those lines, you know, um, they'll usually tell us like what they see and, and what's trending and, and whatnot. And that usually, that usually helps us out. But I think th- you only really get to that part when you are, when there's trust established, when they start truly understanding like what your capabilities are as a partner, um, you know, because then at that point, like, why would they, why would they, you know, be, what reason have you given them for them to trust you, mm-hmm. I feel. Um, so really, again, going back to servicing their needs or, or anytime, like, maybe a particular retailer was wanting, you know, exclusive something. And we do, we go out of our way to kind of create these things for them to establish a good track record. Um, I think all those things play 
play a part in, in doing so. And over time, I think through everything that we execute, then they know Jada stands for excellence when it comes to the product that we, that we create. They already know like what we're capable of. Therefore they don't need to, uh, see samples, you know, versus maybe the first time they want to see a couple. Um, but because they know, again, given our track record, our history, our competency, they already trust us. Yeah, that trust. It, what's nice is that you can see how much the partners trust you, because like especially in the retail side, uh, before when, you know when I started working here, we're constantly pitching the retailers. Oh, this is what we got. You know, do you like it? Do you like it? Do you like it? Now they're like working, want to work with us. They're like, hey, you guys should do this, and they're giving us some of the ideas as well. Mm-hmm. So we start working on those things and working with them, and you know, becoming a true partnership. Whereas before we were just trying to push items to them and they were like, oh yeah, you know, those are cool. Let me see if we can fit those in. But now they're like, hey, Jada, you know, we got a spot here that I think would work. And I think we think you guys can do an excellent job at it. Mm -hmm. Why don't you take a stab at it and see what you guys can come up with. And that's, it's, you know, it's it's a two-way street now. Now, instead of us just trying to pound it and to get to them, they're coming to us and saying, hey, you guys have this opportunity. What do you think? Hmm. Interesting. And typically like it, if it wasn't, if that wasn't the case in terms of them being uh, initiating something with us, and it was vice versa where we're initiating something with them, we give them valid reasons and points as to why maybe they should be taking on a new line, even though space is a little bit tight. Um, and usually, more or less, our strategies are are pretty solid, and we're thinking about these things like months, years in advance. Uh, in terms of like, okay, if you run this, then, you know, it can turn into this and then blah, blah, blah. Like it just opens up more opportunity, I think, for business in the in the long run. Um, so we're able to kind of position ourselves in that strategy in that way for them to understand and kind of start getting them thinking um, as we look, you know, like a year down the line, possibly. Hmm. Do you guys think that trust should should be earned or trust should be handed out? I mean, everyone's fighting for the same space, right? And if the if the retailers are just giving everyone this, the same opportunity, I mean, it's fair, but they want to make money. Yes. So they want to they have to give the the their true trust to the companies that they know can execute. That's what I think. Agreed, one hundred percent. I don't think trust should just be given outright. Yeah, I think you got to earn that. Yeah. Okay. How about from from maybe okay. If we're not talking about to retailers and to partners, how about from from you know maybe a manager to to a to a team member? How about that? What do you guys think on that? I think on some sort of like for me at at the very least, like I go into things. At least I like to think that I go into things with a very open mind. Um, I'm a very trusting person, but until you do something. Um, to me or to the detriment of the team, I think that's when you, that's when you lose it. Um, I think initially you have it and it's up to you and me to build that, that, uh, relationship and that trust factor up even higher, you know, and, and continue, continue to build it. Um, but again, until, until something happens that, uh, affects, I think the overall morale or, or relationship. Um, you know, I, th- I think it's, 
for me, it's all good. I, I think it's like there's levels of of yeah I uh, trust. So like everyone for me that I if I just meet them for the first time or if they're working for me and I, and I didn't interview them from the very beginning, they have this level of trust that I can give them. So there's certain things I can I, I can you know uh, trust them with mm-hmm. or do. Um, then, but as I get to know them, they either go higher on that trust level, so I can give them more, uh, like you know, things that that are more, I don't know what what that responsibility. Respons- yeah, more responsibility. They've demonstrated like a capability mm-hmm. or ability to, you know, continue to progress in one way, shape, or That's form. That's exactly what I was trying to say, and right? I couldn't say it. <laughs> I said it for you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because then at that point, like you either have a team member that's willing to kind of go above and beyond to continue to, uh, push themselves in in terms of constantly finding something to do an area to improve. Yeah. Right. As, or somebody that just kind of goes with the flow and, and just kind of waits for you to tell them what to do. But as a manager, you kind of see what you can trust certain people with and, and uh, where they excel and what you should like stay away from giving to certain people because you know that you know either they have trouble with it or 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 you can tell that they're not comfortable with doing certain things um that they try to like so they'll either back burner certain projects because it's it's something more difficult for them to do uh, so you have to make sure you give the right project to the right people um, i think to build off that a little bit um i guess for me is if I saw that, I think um, I, I would take it as a responsibility also to slowly uh, train, I think, mm-hmm. you know, the person that I've maybe hasn't demonstrated the capability to do something uh, maybe to the level as, as the next person. But that doesn't mean they're not capable of doing it, mm-hmm. right? And so then that would be a scenario where trust is earned, mm-hmm. right? Because I'm doing uh, my due diligence to put in the time and the effort to train this person to be able to one day do it. Um, but as we go through this process together, once we get to the end, you probably will ever earn my trust to be able to handle possibly something that comes the next time around. Yeah. Right. But at the same time, like I, I want to train these people to be able to do certain things that that they're not maybe trained to do from you know school or whatever. Mm-hmm. But also, I I want to encourage them to do what they want to do. So if if they're not into doing something that you know I want them to to learn, I'd rather push them towards something that they do want to do so they can really excel. And, and 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 they're excited to learn. I don't you know kind of like a parent. You know if if you're a parent. My parents were were open to whatever I wanted to do, mm. so they 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 were encouraging. You know, I, I, when I first started school, I was went to veterinary medicine, mm. and I um, you know and I had to get out of that, and because all these weird reasons, I got allergic to animals and whatever. Oh, <laughs> and um, interesting. <laughs> so I got out of that, and then I went to design, and um, they they didn't get mad because you know my 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 mom's a, a doctor. Uh, she wanted me to go into. I'm sure she wanted me to go into uh, uh, the medical field, and and veterinary medicine was close enough. But she she didn't push me away from wanting to become a designer after that, uh, you know. So she just encouraged me to do what I wanted to do and what I was already excelling at. So um, I think I kind of take that same approach with uh, the guys that work with me because 
you know, if they are doing something that they really like and they want them to to go beyond their 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 limits because you know everyone has like a point where they can't do more than they already are, but I think they can go further if they're into it. Wow. Like as like I have a like you know an illustrator may not want to go into 3D design, mm-hmm. you know, because sometimes like illustrators like to draw with their hands. 3D design is is different. That's pushing pixels around, and some illustrators don't like that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, so I don't want to push them towards something like that if they don't want to do it. I'd rather have them excel at what they really want to do and get them to the next level. Yeah, isn't it amazing? Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, I was just gonna say. At the end of the day, I think it all. It's again. I, I think when you're responsible for people under you, I think to be able to identify and recognize that, you know, uh, going back to like who who's got that drive and is going to put forth that initiative to better themselves and further themselves because they want to, as opposed to somebody that's, that's going to just kind of wait and, and see. So like the, uh, the approach is a little bit different. Um, I think for both, but I think once, once you have a, uh, a feel for it, um, then it just kind of becomes, I think pretty, pretty second nature. I feel as, as you go along the process, so all interesting things that you pick up. Yeah, I feel. Hmm. Well, there's an old quote I read. Um, I don't know know who know who it was by, but it said, you know, if you give me me 100%, well then I'll give you 110%. If you give me 90%, I'll give you 0. You know, and mm-hmm. just, well just that type of mentality. I really I really like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And Go back to some of the points that you were saying, Mike. Mike, about your upbringing and your mother still still encouraging you you to switch over. I mean, isn't it amazing of how someone's upbringing is able to influence so many other people? I mean, because well, you have a team of guys of guys who work under you, and because well, your mother had had so much empathy mm-hmm. and and understanding. Of, of the path that you chose chose to go on, mm-hmm. it's positively affected all of them, yeah. and then everyone in their world too. Isn't it amazing yeah. of just of just like you know a domino effect that that yeah. a parent can have on you know on yeah, somebody? It's yeah, yeah, crazy. The way you treat people is infectious. I think. Yeah, um, and you know, hopefully, like as these as the guys that are that are working with me grow, they you know take what I've taught them and you know instill it on whoever works underneath them in their future that'd be cool i mean that's always the hope it's like that whole uh pay it forward mentality yeah Mm -hmm. i feel um if you can make a lasting impression on somebody's life even if just for a moment right i think that's what makes it all that's what makes it all worth it yeah um because that then that person whoever it was is always going to be remembered in some way shape or form i think as you continue to grow as anybody continues to grow it's so important to find like that one mentor in your life uh, maybe not one maybe you have more than more than one. Oh yeah right sure. not saying that it's like the one thing um but it for sure helps elevate and and, and kind of um what's the word i'm looking for kind of speed through the process yeah it's expedited um, there you go mm-hmm. um just based on the knowledge and experience that they can give you yeah and if if you don't have that it's also the person that kind of sets you on that right path right kind of makes that a little bit more clear for you uh as far as when it comes down to make when it comes down to the time to make that decision for yourself in terms of like which road to go down you have a clear understanding of 
what needs to be done because yeah. you understand it a little bit more. You know, it's funny. I was just thinking about your quote that um, you give me 90, I give you zero. But I think as a manager, it's your job to try to get that person to give you more than 90. Get yes. and give you that 100%. If you can influence them or and encourage them to give you that, then you're doing your job right. Yes. And, um, you know, so you don't just expect the 100%. You have to encourage them to give you the 100%. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to inspire. Yeah. yeah. Um, as you said, you have to inspire them. Yeah. And with all of these things, things in mind, you know, it really makes me... It really makes me start start to empathize more and more with the people who with people who we all have seen who have taken that bad road mm -hmm. to realize that you know it probably wasn't their fault. It was probably the fault of somebody who came into their life at a really early age, taught them the things that that shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. be, be taught to you know they beat them down they belittle all of their confidence and then now they're spreading that around it's you know it really sucks it really sucks. yes you know, yes and no yeah. yes and no for me yeah i don't know how deep we want to get into it <laughs> oh we can get deep <laughs> i i mean without diving way deep into it i i feel like regardless of and this is just my opinion yes. um but probably because it's just the way that i am i think regardless of upbringing or or past circumstances at the end of the day we all have a choice absolutely i agree we all have a choice to f turn that page to and, and find a different driver or mentality so if you're surrounding yourself with people that are negative that are belittling your dreams and telling you that you can't do it that's your choice to stay in that crowd um and so then if you end up going around doing the same to people that's by choice and that's on you yeah. and i think there's a fear somewhere in you because you're afraid to take that step to get out of it or to try and you're afraid of of putting in the work i think to get yourself higher in my, in my opinion so mm. that's why i say Yes and no. And yes. it all starts with self. You can have like external motivations and you can have all this positive affirmations, but if it doesn't start with you, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's just kind of how I, how I see it. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Too. Sometimes though, people don't realize what they can have outside of what they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes it takes someone else to, to open their eyes or some kind of event to, or an experience to open their eyes to to make them see that yeah um, i agree so it's it's kind of uh you know it's, it's a hard thing to say like if if someone you know is in a bad situation and they can get out of it maybe but then they just don't realize they're in a bad situation um it, it's it just you need to that's that's why i think it's like it's always better to try to be as good to people as you can mm -hmm, no matter absolutely. who they are and hopefully you can reach them and then hopefully it opens their eyes to something else and to that point, and I agree with everything you said, to that point, I think the other party has to be open to, to it. it. Yeah, yeah. And then that's the other key is if they're not exactly. open to it, then it it's for nothing. Yeah. Exactly. You can't help somebody. That doesn't want to be helped. Exactly. Nope. Well, I don't know a better place to end the podcast than right there. Uh, oh, but you got something? See you next week. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 
SEMA, not next week. A, a, exactly. Yeah, we're next leaving week. for SEMA next Sat, not not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Wow, but no, by the time this like, this airs, it'll be next week. SEMA will be next week. Damn. Ready yeah. for a good time? I really am. I really am. Yeah. I'm excited for it. You know, I'm gonna be with the three amigos here. Yeah. Well, four amigos, but you know, three on camera. And Brian over there. <laughs> we, still, <laughs> we still have to make those t-shirts. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, excited. We're going to see some badass cars. We're going to have a cool booth. Mm. We're going to hit up some sand dunes. Cause, uh, well, because well, these two. Uh, well, his truck's going to be in the show. Yeah, so I won't be able to be driving around with you guys. But my truck is free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be a good time. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to, I think, the food, obviously. The cars, I think, seeing old friends, meeting new ones, mm-hmm. and, and just being around good energy. Yeah. Just don't want the traffic. Well, yeah. But, that just comes with it. But, <laughs> uh, again, we've talked about it in multiple podcasts, but it's just, it's different. Yes. You know, uh, it gets, it's, you're in a different city, uh, you're changing the scene up a little bit, um, so it's, it's fun. Yep. Definitely looking forward to it. We're finally getting things falling into place with yeah. our booth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were just talking about this yesterday. <laughs> things are starting to line up finally in yep. typical last minute Jada fashion. Yep. So, exactly. so it looks like right now, as of now, it looks like everything's going to get done just fine. We're, we're good. Yeah. You see some people, I would call it procrastination. However, if We've, you understand how creative people work, sometimes creative people need that extra pressure to put that ass in gear. It's not even that. I mean, <laughs> like, yes, but is the frustrating thing is like, we, it's not procrastination we've, we've on been our part, like, by the way. We've been on this for, it's not our fault. We, we've been on this for like uh, <laughs> some time now. It's just things happen. Sometimes. A lot of moving parts. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah. So, SEMA next week, we will be doing some podcasts there. We will be having some content there. It's going to be totally awesome. Um, and yeah, so we will be there next week. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping at the end of episode 12 of the JadaCast podcast. Um, if this podcast has given you any value whatsoever, be sure to like, subscribe to our YouTube page, follow us on all of our social media, and um, we'll do us a favor. We'll send this to a friend, um, spread it around. You know, we're trying to make this this a big thing. You can find us streaming on, we'll streaming on every podcast platform on YouTube and Facebook. And um, that is all I got for you guys. So I am Jordan. I'm Brian. Mike. <laughs> I'm Daryl. Damn it, Brian. Uh, just standing over there over that nice, expensive ass camera. Um, we will see you next week. Peace out. Later.